Welcome to E-Commerce with Coffee, a podcast powered by Amber Engine, where we share e-com secrets for brands over your favorite brew. We start with the caffeine and then leap enthusiastically into behind-the-scenes e-com insights that led to the success of our guests. I'm Nate Svoboda, and I'm about to serve you up the best. Let's get started. Today, we are with Lacey Griffith. Um, he is a long-term Amber Engine client. Uh, really, really excited to dive in today and have you give us some feedback. So, Lacey, thank you very much for sharing your time with me. Yeah, Nate, appreciate it. I've uh, been working with you guys for about a year and a half now, so excited to see what all of you guys are going to bring to the table. No, I appreciate it. And do you mind just telling us uh, what, so obviously we've said your name, but can you give us your role and then the company you work with? Yeah, so uh, Lacey Griffith, my role is uh, Vice President of Information Technology, so responsible for anything digital and technology based throughout the organization. Awesome. Fantastic. So, you know, just to dive in, uh, a couple of business stat questions for you around the the value that PIM provided or that your team saw from PIM. Um, so before you were working with Amber Engine, um, how many sellers or channels did Cheryl work with? Uh, so before we start working with Amber Engine, we had roughly five or six different uh, major channels that we were working with. Uh, the, the major ones were Paragold and Wayfair, obviously. And uh, we had a lot, a lot of challenges with with uh, centralizing our data, uh, managing our, our product information, getting that information syndicated and, and pushed out to our different channels. Yeah. And so now after, you know, it's been, like you said, about a year, maybe almost a year and a half. How many channels do, do you work with now? Uh, the, the number of channels have stayed the same. Uh, we've, we've not expanded on that. We've, we've really focused a lot on internal processes, improving how we manage our master data, how we bring product to market, how we work with PD and integrate that with all of our, our data management requirements. So we've really kind of taken a step back, tried to focus on cleaning up everything in-house. And then now that uh, we're getting close to the end of that project, we'll start looking to expand on our distribution channels. Got it. Absolutely. No, that makes sense. So now thinking about, and I'm in a minute, I'm going to ask you to, you know, walk us through the actual process for managing data before Amber Engine. Um, but just in terms of uh, the workload, how long did it take your team or you to prepare product data for a new launch um, before again, working with PIM? So when uh, Cheryl first started working with Paragold to get product online, it would take us, you know, if we had 50 or 60 products, it would usually take us a couple of months to be able to, um, I guess, aggregate all of the different repositories of data that we had, get everything together, uh, clean it up, just standardize the nomenclatures on everything and get that uh, syndicated and pushed out. And uh, how many people were generally involved in that process? How many people touched the data? Uh, at that point, there were probably five or six different people that managed different portions of the data. And then there were two people that worked together to aggregate the data. Okay. And so then thinking about product launches now, um, you know, comparing it to what you just said about how long does it take, assuming that that number has changed now that you've implemented Amber Engine? So the, that number has changed in one area. We did, we, we kept the number of channels the same, but we expanded the number of products that we offered. Um, we added 50 new products to one of our distribution channels. And that decision was made. And within two hours, we had the data extracted, uh, sent over to them, then mapping it and importing the data. I mean, so it, wow. it was, it literally took two hours and that's, that's on their time too. On our side, it was probably maybe about 15 minutes worth of work. 
And so then just, just to clarify, would you, is it fair to say then that, you know, at least in some instances, it went from perhaps months to actually get new products onboarded to a channel to being able to get that done in just a couple of hours? Yeah, I'd say between the, the combination of having uh, better data management practices inside and then also having the, the PIM system to kind of put up those guardrails for us, we were able to be able to take, you know, I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure it was like roughly 50 SKUs and be able to get that pushed out to um, Paragold within, you know, two hours where the previous launch that we had when we added 30 new products, it took about two months for them to aggregate that data and get it sent over. Wow. And has the number of people that work with the data changed, whether that's because more people are using the PIM or just in general from the change in the processes that you guys had? Uh, there's not more people. The roles have just changed a little bit. We've kind of shifted some things around. Uh, we've kind of baked in the processes a little bit more into the, the go-to-market strategy for new product, uh, as opposed to trying to wait until the end and then go back and gather the data. So we've, we've got 90% of the data we need uh, just through our, our regular SOPs now. And then, of course, having a system that we can store all that data in, where before where there were a lot of these attributes we were not able to capture. Some of them were in spreadsheets, some of them were in AutoCAD, some of them were in uh, CAD drawings. I mean, it was just the, the data was all over the place. So we have it all centralized and everything. And so more than anything, it's just easier to find the data now as well. Absolutely. And that in itself is a huge time suck in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't ask you to prepare this information, so you know we can absolutely move on if, if you can't speak to it. But I'm just curious if there's any change that you've identified in you know since implementing PIM and the metrics like you know conversion rates or return rates or just you know obviously you introduce new products so revenue overall. Wondering if any of that can be attributed at all to the implementation. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any of that metrics or the KPIs around that, so I wouldn't be able to speak to that. Nope, nope, absolutely fair enough. So. Uh, switching gears into something a little more open-ended, right? Just looking to get your, your candid thoughts. So you talked about a um, you know, fairly large change in processes for the team. So can you talk to us, what did product information management look like for the team before working with Amber Engine? What was that process? So before we had Amber Engine, basically what would happen is when we had new product, product development would have a spreadsheet where they would have their sample information on there and they would capture the minimum amount of product data. And then as that product came to our high point market where we were launching a new product, we would then have to go back and gather as much information as we could to be able to put that through our, on our walkthroughs and our sales aids for our marketing campaign. And then after market, whenever we made our decisions about what product to keep and drop, then we'd have to go back and get more data ad added from marketing and get all that romance stuff in place. And in the past year and a half, as we've kind of moved forward with our, our PIM, we're adopting it now and we've got stage gate process set up so that new properties that comes through, we have to find what attributes we need to capture at what stages. And so this April market is going to be our first market where we take everything through that entire process. And we're really using it as a learning opportunity as well. We know that there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to be doing way better than we used to, but we still know that there's going to be room for improvement. So we're trying to capture all that information about our dates and what the effort level of effort was. And we've got some KPIs set up for what our targets are for those types of things. And then once we get through market, we're going to use that to kind of re-baseline and then re-forecast the next six months to make sure that we're constantly improving. Amazing. I love that. And so I'm curious then, back at the time before you were working with Amber Engine, did the team have any feeling of, you know, this process could be better? We don't know how it could be better yet, but were there any thoughts around what better might look like? You know, I guess what I'm asking is what originally prompted the the search for a PIM? 
Yeah, so um, the, the search for a PIM actually started before I started with the organization, but and, and that's actually honestly one of the reasons why they recruited me to come here and, and join them was to help them with this digital transformation. Um, I think there was a lot of realization that um, they knew there were better ways to manage the product data, better ways to take the product to market. I think a lot of it was that the company is very, very well known for their capabilities. And so they invested and focused so much on their manufacturing capabilities, they didn't focus on their process and systems on the data management side. And so I think they realized that they could do better and needed to do better. And that's whenever they, they reached out to me, um, I joined the organization, and then we started talking to Amber Engine and looking at the PIM. And I think now there, there's a lot of buy-in because I think everybody realized how much struggle and challenges there were with how they were doing things before. And they're auto, they're honestly seeing the benefit of it now. And, and it comes from the top down. I mean, we, we've got our our senior leadership team and, and, and even the, the, the family that owns the company are very, very focused on, you know, doing things and, and putting better processes in place and getting better with that creative process. So, you know, a lot of times when you're doing creative like that, they work better without boundaries and they just go, well, they have learned that, you know, really since we have set markets that we have to introduce product, they're really trying to put better discipline in place, but still not, uh, I, I guess, reduce the amount of creativity they have. So it, it's really been an eye-opening experience. And I think a lot of people have learned a lot in the last six months. Absolutely. And so I'm curious, given that you were brought in, at least in part, because of your you know, familiarity with technology and, and maybe even PIM specifically, are there any other PIM solutions that you either were already familiar with or evaluated during the overall evaluation process? Uh, yeah, the, the last organization I was with, we implemented uh, Salsify. And so Salsify was the one I was familiar with um, when I uh, joined Cheryl. They had already been talking to Amber Engine. So we compared the two and looked at the two and the capabilities and stuff of it. And, and honestly, the, the thing that, that leaned us towards Amber Engine, uh, one is the value. I mean, the, the value you got for the price was was way better than Salsify. Uh, and then two, the flexibility of we were still learning what we needed. And Amber Engine was very responsive to listen to our needs and work towards delivering solutions in their core product that, that met the things that we were looking for. So it felt like we had more of a voice and that, that we could be a part of that, that creation of the, of, the, of the version two next gen PIM. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that because my next question was going to be, you know, what was the main driver value prop that made you choose Amber Engine? So I'm hearing it's it's a combination of, you know, the overall value for the price that you were receiving, but then also Amber Engine's responsiveness or ability to be receptive to feedback from the customers and making sure that the product is fitting your needs as opposed to building the technology and, and hoping that it fits the needs. Is that a good way to characterize it? Yeah, and I would say even even taking that a step further, I think as far as the the implementation goes, when, whenever I implemented um, Salsify in my past, it was very project management methodology. It was more of, okay, here's how we do. We do step one, we do step two, we do step three. It's very, very, very rigid um, and, and worked fine. But then with you guys, you know, we, we weren't coming from an organization that had all of these capabilities and knowledge internal. And I think you guys did a great job of engaging us. And, you know, we had a lot of meetings you know, we had weekly meetings where we were talking about not just step one, step two, but what does the product do for you? How are you using it? What changes are you looking for? Okay, here's our roadmap for what our next round of capabilities are going to be. You know, and so we felt like we had a lot of, um, I guess, involvement and engagement with the team on kind of what comes next, not just how do you implement what we have, but 
how can you help us with our product line going forward? And, and so I think it was a, it was a very good relationship. It was it was more of a partnership instead of just you know supplier type relationship. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that. And so, you know, thinking about these expectations that you had, maybe the, the promises, if we can call them, uh, that were made during the initial evaluation process, how do you feel that Amber Engine and PIM have been delivering on those promises that were made? Um, I think on the PIM side with the, the core capabilities, I think Amber Engine has delivered exactly what we expected, exactly when we needed it, accurately on the time frame that, that, was, that was shared. Um, I think the um, the only place that I think there probably could have been room for improvement would be on the channel side. Uh, you know, we're still looking for an automation of the the export and transport of the data, uh, where right now that's still a manual process, but I, I know that's on the roadmap. I think that's probably the only area that uh, we've, we have a, a, a major, I don't want to say major, but, but an impact with, with automation that would help us there. Um, the other area is, um, if we go into the dam side, uh, I would like to, I'm excited to see now that you guys have kind of pivoted and you're starting to focus more on the dam side. I'm excited to see what all capabilities come from that side because we've already started having those same types of conversations on what we're looking for. Um, I know the system right now has a lot of tagging capability. We're looking more for structured data when we do the product linking. You know, with with, with our industry, you know, when you look at a, a sofa, it's it's two components. It's 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 the frame and it's the the fabric, right? So we care about those two things, and we don't want to have to go in and tag things with it's green or it has this attribute. You know it has this attribute because it's at the structured data level on the frame, and then you have the attribute information on the fabric side. And so we want a more structured data set that we can search from as opposed to use tagging. So I'm looking forward to that. So we've had conversations around how that would work and how that would look. So I think we've got some use case information there with you guys already. Absolutely. And, I, and first of all, I appreciate the, the constructive feedback. And I'm just glad to know that there are conversations and that, you know, things are happening because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our solution is, is delivering what is needed by our customers. Right. Um, and you already talked about the onboarding process a little bit, so we don't need to stay on this for very long. But I'm just curious, can you describe you know, what was the onboarding implementation process like? You, a lot of times, you know, people think of it as this really daunting, uh, you know, event that's going to take place over some period of time. Just wondering, you know, how were you feeling going into it? Were you relaxed? Were you anxious? Um, you know, and specifically throughout the process, how did you and the team feel? Yeah, I think the team was pretty comfortable with the entire implementation up front. Um, part of that was we, we, we didn't have anything in place. So it wasn't like we were going from, you know, a very mature model to something even more mature. We were going from a very rudimentary level of data management. And so anything we did was going to move us forward to make us better. So I don't think it was it was daunting or scary at any, at any point in, along the, the journey. I think that, you know, we were really looking at it as an opportunity to, to, to learn and to grow. And every step we took forward, you know, sometimes those steps were small steps, sometimes they were big steps. But every step we took, we knew it was taking us towards, you know, our final destination. And, and then I say time towards final destination, but you know, really when it comes to digital transformation, there's no destination. It's always a journey, right? So um, I, I think just looking at that next milestone and, and, and how to get there, I think the team has been very comfortable the entire way. We've, we've had a dedicated internal team to helping us implement better data management strategy. I think the that was probably more daunting on trying to uh, find all the different places that we have, all the different information we have about all of our product. That was way more daunting than the system side itself. The system side itself was actually very, very smooth, very transparent. Everything uh, went very well with that. We had it stood up and running in no time. 
Um, you know, of course, the attributes that we captured at the product level, uh, what we started with day one versus where we are today has changed drastically. There's probably, we probably dropped 10% of the attributes we had up front. We've probably added probably 200% more attributes since then, just because we've, we've found more data, more stuff that we've, we've never had in a, in a structured data set that we knew would provide value as we implement a new configurator that would you know, define all of the features and options rules of, of what you can do with our product. Historically, all that information was was in the the heads of the PD department, right? So it's, you have a lot of that uh, institutional knowledge out there, and, and we're trying to capture that in a more structured data set. And, and it's it's not been daunting at all. It's just been constant forward motion. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate you touched on that. So even though, you know, given the focus of Cheryl as a business, the number of selling channels hasn't necessarily changed, but the volume of, of attributes of product information that you've actually been able to capture and manage and optimize, that's increased, it sounds like. Yeah. And we're not just using the PIM for um, our, our distribution channels. We're actually using it to manage uh, internal data as well. So we're using it to manage a lot of our product information that are that is internal only you know it's not it's not um, going to be consumed by anybody on the outside whether that be our retailers or the end consumers it's really made for internal consumption only and, and we're actually managing all that data in one place and so that, that, that's made the whole entire process a whole lot easier and more seamless for us i love that um now i'm curious given that you were already familiar with pim coming into cheryl from working with Amber Engine in our PIM, has your idea of the role that a PIM plays in the organization changed at all? I, I think the the change in, in how I would see a PIM working in the organization has probably shifted here compared to where I was previously, um, mainly because we didn't have that we didn't have a system in place. You know, we we're eight different brands doing things eight different ways with eight different data repositories. And I say eight different data repositories, you know, that, that it's actually eight different core repositories, but then all of the auxiliary repositories as well. So I think having a, a single PIM has allowed us to bring all that stuff in together. And, and that's why we've expanded the, the usage of it to be more than just e-com or internet based. We're really looking at it as a way for us to get better at our master data management in general. Absolutely. And I know you just touched on the fact that you felt as though the, um, the implementation on the team's perspective, their actual, you know, the change management process and getting them to begin working in the tool. Sounds like you said that that was fairly easy, but were there any roadblocks you encountered either from the tool or, or from the team's willingness to use it? And if not, what feedback would you give organizations to make that change management easier? Uh, so far right now, we, we have a core data management team that spends most of their time in the PIM and they're the ones that that actively use and manage it. You know, I, I personally spend quite a bit of time in there as well uh, as we're going through the project. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for the adoption is to don't try to be too rigid with setting up your structure at the beginning. Just realize that it's fluid and it's going to change. And what we thought we needed day one compared to, to day 365, it, it, there's a lot of differences. And so don't spend too much time trying to design the perfect solution. Just realize that it's flexible and it'll grow with you. Just take the first step and then concentrate on step two, then step three. Don't 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 try to design the whole thing before you get started. Like one of my one of my favorite quotes, and once once I heard this, it's never left me. Is don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, I love that. So thinking then, you know, trying to distill our whole conversation down, what would you say has been the biggest benefit to the business from working with Amber Engine and with Pim? 
Um, I think Amber Engine brings a lot of better processes and data management strategies for us and, have and, and has helped us kind of, I guess, adopt better practices. You know, we only know what we do. We only see what happens inside our four walls. So it's nice to have a partner that works with other people in our industry and even across other industries because you can always learn from other industries as well. So I feel like, you know, you guys have brought a lot to the table as far as showing us how other people have done things, more best practices and, and better standards for how those things work and have given us some ideas for how we could better manage our, our attributes and our data. And if there was, you know, if you were to be talking to a colleague of yours or someone in the industry or someone who's evaluating a PIM and you were going to be very candid with them, you know, maybe what are, what are some things you would tell them to be, you know, just make them aware of Amber Engine, not necessarily, you know, if they're negative, then we want to hear those, but, you know, just things that people should be aware of. Um, I, I think when you look at Amber Engine as a partner and as a solution for, for a PIM and, and DAM system, the, the, the biggest benefit is that you have a voice like I, I feel like with with larger organizations larger pims um you know their, their product is it is what it is you have to tailor what you do to how their system works i think one of the benefits for amber engine for us with amber engine is that you guys have listened to our needs and we've talked about how we would like to see things and you guys have incorporated quite a bit of those things into your product and that that helps us because you know we're 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 not a startup company. We're not a digital company. We're, we're a furniture manufacturer. And so, you know, we're, we're not going to be on the latest cutting edge of everything. And so you guys bring into the table what other people are doing, but then hearing how we do it and kind of tailoring those solutions for how we're looking for things to work has really helped with the adoption rate. And so if you were, you know, in a room presenting to a group of people that sit in a similar seat to you, but, you know, don't have anything implemented, they, they don't really understand the importance of, you know, digital transformation and technology as an enabler, you know, what's the, what's the brief pitch that you'd give them to make them actually go out and evaluate a tool like PIM and Amber Engine? I would say that the, for anybody that's, that's in my shoes, if they're looking around at their organization, they just need to realize and, and just look at it honestly, how hard is it for us to provide this data to a new digital partner? So if we're going to go with another e-com partner, what would it take for us to set that up? If they're dreading the amount of work and the effort that it would take to do that, then there's an opportunity for improvement. And that's kind of where we were before. Anytime we go to do something, it was almost like a feeling of dread of, gosh, I don't know, one, if we can do it, but two, the amount of effort and the lift that it's going to take to make this happen is very daunting. We just don't have the capacity for it. If you feel that way, then that, there is an opportunity to put in systems and processes to where it's not as challenging. Like recently, when we had a customer ask us for to add new product to their product line, we added 50 new products. And as soon as that request came across my table, my first thought was, yes, this is an opportunity to show them how much better we are now than what we were a year ago. And so I looked at it as, a, as an opportunity to really kind of show off our capabilities compared to where we were. I love that. And I appreciate you saying that. Well, you know, Lacey, again, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Thank you for being a, a, such a valuable partner to, to us and to Amber Engine. Um, you know, we hope that we can reach out to you again and, you know, continue tracking the results that your team sees from working with us. Well, I hope I was able to give you a little bit of something that will maybe play out and work out okay for you. I know you're putting a lot of effort into this, so hopefully it was of value to you. Absolutely. That's it for this episode of e-commerce with coffee powered by Amber Engine. If you haven't gotten your fix yet, be sure to get more e-commerce brand secrets on our website at amberengine.com. And don't forget to subscribe for more episodes.